0: Forty-one. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management.
1: It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view call larry now studio lines are open at 855 rose 123 that's 855-767-3123 making money sense is on the air It is indeed
2: time for another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal
3: himself. Good morning, sir. And good morning to you, Chris. How are you today? Or
2: should I say the king of the grill for the 4th of July, I guess would be. (laughs) There you go, man. Just around the corner. It is.
3: Got some things planned, I'm sure. You always do. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll put something on the grill. Yep,
2: yeah, going to yep, have yep, some you know, uh, some a le- handful of days
1: away.
3: Going to have some legal and carefully planned out fireworks situations going on. I'm sure. Uh, uh, I'm not doing any fireworks this year. I'm going to somebody else's place for fireworks. Uh, that'll so be fun. Not a problem. Yep. How about you? Yeah, yeah well, so I'm going to your house for grill, of course, and then uh, you know, I'm following you around. I always do. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Come on
2: over. <laughs> all right, no right. problem.
3: No problem at all. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. We start the week off uh, each Saturday morning with what's happening in the markets, the economy, and it's basically different week. Same story. Press on. The economy looks pretty good. Uh, you know, the, lots of talk about the trade, trade wars, tariffs, all that kind of stuff, and we're going to have to wait and see how it all breaks out. Um, but, you know. Pay attention to the, to the meat and potatoes and not the peas and the carrots, basically, is, <laughs> is, what, is what the theme really needs to be here going forward, you know. Meat and potatoes on the economy, great employment numbers, great underemployment numbers. Wages are starting to rise. The economy is expanding. Housing starts continuing to push up. Things look very promising. Things look very good. Uh, we're getting ready to turn the corner here into July and then we're going to get another reading on corporate earnings estimated to be, you know, moving up again as well. So, as far as the meat and potatoes of the economy looks, it looks wonderful. You know, especially when you take a look at at uh, what what's the, you know, one of the largest impacts of the economy, which is consumer spending. And last month in in or or in in May here of of 2018, last month, <clears throat> we had over 502 billion dollars spent in consumer in in retail sales. Groceries, prescription drugs, appliances, gasoline, furniture, clothes, dining out, etc. Just normal consumer spending that accounts to just about a thousand dollars a week, uh, which was kind of a record, you know. When when you take a look at it, so the economy is very strong, very robust. Again, consumer spending makes up for two thirds of the, of the overall economy, so things look very good there. The peas and the carrots on the other side, you know, on, they're on the plate too. And that's where Wall Street needs clarity of direction. A Little starchy, but they're there, right? They are, yeah. Little, little, little bit there, but but you know that. And again, that's what Wall Street's looking for is clarity of direction. What's going to happen with, with the ultimately with the tax impacts? Well, what's going to happen with the the trade conversation and, and things like that? And and you know, in the next several weeks, that's going to play its way out, and then we'll we'll go from there and, and see exactly how that all plays out. So, all in all, things look pretty good when it comes to it. Hey, and, and a good no, note. You know, for, for those of you that believe in all the past st- statistics and, and things of that nature, you know, uh, because this time it's not different or this time it is different, you know, there's just a great debate out there always. It's it's very fun and very interesting and entertaining a lot of times talking to with a lot of people about, you know, well, if, if this happens, then that should happen. And if this, this, and this goes on, Larry, in the economy, then that, that, and that should happen to these stocks and blah, blah, blah. And it's funny. So a lot of people track that kind of stuff, and they really pay attention to it. But here's some facts, indisputable, if you will. You know, the S&P 500 has closed at a calendar year high in the second half of the year, which is, you know, July to December, 74% of the time since 1950, which – Looks good because that's what we're going into, right? So they're saying, "Hey, the second half of the year seems to be a little bit better." And if you know if things play out from the from the tariff standpoint and, and things settle out and look favorable, you could see that happen again. So kind of interesting. Year to date, right now, halfway through, sort of the report card: the S and P five hundred is up one point six seven percent, and the Dow is down one point eight one percent. So basically, the markets are flat. the The tech stocks are up about eight. Uh, and small company stocks are pushing up as well. So nice to see a little green at the end of the week here. Uh, it is, yeah, definitely. You know, the the, the market still uh, closed down for the week, but, but it, it popped up the last couple of days. So yeah. all in all, you know, when you take a look at, let's say, you know, the, the market being the S&P 500, last year it did 19%. So far, year to date, it's up 1.67. We'll take that, you know. So, so I, I – Lots of optimism out there about the trade. You know, some people are saying, "Oh, it's going to be fine." Other people are saying, "Oh, this could be worrisome." You know, there's always something to worry about. A little uncertainty. Stay diversified. Exactly. Things things are going to play out okay with all of this. So, America's in a, in a good position when it when it comes to all of this stuff, uh, as far as that goes. Would you so. say it's a buying opportunity
2: because of all this trade business, or would you say just kind of wait and see and let it settle out before you make any
3: decisions? You know, for, from the standpoint of, of people saying uh, a buying opportunity, I say yes, Chris, because when you take a look at a buying opportunity, what you're talking about there is employing new cash. And and, and so where are you going to get that money from? Where are you going to get it from your paycheck that comes in? You know, your employer doesn't give you your year's salary on January 1st, right? You get it. Every week, every couple of <laughs> weeks, however you're paid, right? That's right. So as you're getting more and more cash into your checking account, into your into your four hundred one, you know, into your pay pay system, then you can start reemploying some some dollars. So think about this: if if the mark, the the money that you purchased in the stock market, the investments you put in in the stock market at the end of January this year, has lost about nine percent so far, but the money you put in in February has gained about ten percent so far. Because that's the track that the market was on. It was up 10% in January, so the dollars you put in in January, at the end of January, you actually purchased less shares. Mm-hmm. So so when the, as the market has basically gone flat for the year now, you're just buying more and more shares at a flat, ready, steady uh, 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 price, if you will. You know, At the end of the day, in a, in a perfect scenario, you would not want the markets to go up. Until you needed your money, Chris, so you'd be able to buy the the price per share very flat right. for for many many years, and then hey, Chris is getting ready to retire. Yeah, All right, well let's up. let's grow exactly. So yep. that's the scenario there. So yes, so this this you know you could view this as a buying opportunity when it when it comes to that. You know, and there's talk about the markets being close to setting a record for being in correction territory and things like that because the market did push up so much in January, and it has come back down a little bit. But, you know, it's going to be okay. Stay diversified. Keep our eye on the Fed. The Fed, you know, is looking to raise some more rates and uh, throughout the, the rest of the year, probably two more times, I think. Some say three. But we'll wait and we'll see how that how that all plays out. But mm-hmm. all in all... Things look pretty good. Again, stay diversified in your portfolios. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and dial us up with a phone call, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning, investment questions, if you have questions on trade, taxes, estate planning, your 401K, should you convert to Roth, what's going on? Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense
4: Have you ever wanted to be part of something big?
5: Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa.
4: Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life?
5: Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise.
4: Now you can be part of something that brings hope.
5: What we do is we actually... For the school fees.
4: For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year.
5: We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing.
4: Call now 703 201 2494. Or go to starschildrenafrica.org.
5: For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school.
4: 703 201 2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703 201 2494. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show.
2: This is the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. If you'd like to dial in, here's a phone number, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Call with any of your financial questions today. Larry.
3: Sure, Chris. We can get back to a little bit of this uh, demographics and stuff we were talking a little bit about earlier today. Yeah, so, really? you know, the interesting here, the population in the U.S. since 1950 has doubled. How's this playing out? Well, check this out um while the number of Americans at least age sixty five has quadrupled since nineteen fifty that's the track of the baby boomers cruising through hmm. okay and 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 again, when you stop and you take a look at well what is what does this mean for people life expectancy for for a baby girl born in nineteen seventeen I'm sorry. Nineteen seventeen, <laughs> in <laughs> two thousand and seventeen, which is the latest data we have, life expectancy for her is eighty one point four years, and then life expectancy for for a boy is is uh, seventy six point eight years. So for the girl, it's fifty five months longer. Hmm. And and yeah, when you stop and you take a look at the demographics of this, you know, we're continuing to live longer and longer, which is a great problem to have, right? No doubt about it, but at the same time, how do we go about planning for all this? I'm going to I'm gonna pick this back up here in just a second, but let's go ahead and welcome Joda on the line. Good morning, Joda. How are you today?
6: Um, good morning. It's Jada.
3: Jada, I'm sorry. I misread the screen there. How are you, Jada?
6: I'm fine. Good morning. I have a question about um, your IRAs. I think there's a rough IRA and just a regular IRA. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So when you become 70 and a half, Does the same um, instructions apply in terms of you having to take it out and um, what you can do with it?
3: Actually, no, they do not, Jada, and here's how it breaks out. It gets a little complicated, so we'll, we'll just sort of unpack this together here. On the traditional IRA, by the word traditional, what we're talking about is money that's never been taxed. In other words, it's money that went into the IRA and you received a tax deduction for it, okay? Um, or there was money that you wanted it put into your employer's plan and you received a tax deduction for it, you rolled it to an IRA. When you're 70-and-a-half on your traditional IRAs, you have to take out what's called a, a required minimum distribution. It's mandatory. So let's mm-hmm. suppose that, that you do the calculation and, and it says, hey, you, know, you need to take out $10,000 this year. If you don't take it out, then you have a 50% tax penalty on the 10000 plus income taxes on the 10000 so it gets very, very expensive. If your money was in a Roth IRA, then there's no age 70 and a half required minimum distribution at all, okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay, now there is one exception to the Roth IRA, and that is if you inherit a Roth IRA, then you have to take out a required minimum distribution each year, but it is tax-free, all right? Mm-hmm. Um. So so that that's sort of how things break out there. If you like, I'll, I'll be happy to send you out some literature on the differences between the two. I sort of have a spreadsheet in my office that shows, you know, the differences between a handful of the different IRAs and the tax treatment and the do's and the don'ts of it all.
6: Yeah, I actually have a Roth. I'm, I just didn't know that much of a difference between the two. So any information you can give me on the Roth, I'd appreciate it.
3: Sure, absolutely. If you like, I'll put you on hold, and and Bob will get your information, and we'll go ahead and send you out some information on Roth IRAs. Appreciate the phone call, and and uh, happy Fourth coming up here soon. So you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and dial us up with any of your questions at all. eight five five ROSE one two three That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. So again, continuing back to to how does this take a look here with with ages expanding out further and further. Again, it's going to put down it, – it, it really takes a look at how you're going to design your retirement income streams down the road and sort of leads me into what I want – one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was timing. Timing is so important when it comes to making an investment, just like you talked about at the top of the show, Chris, is, you know, do you consider the, the market being flat right now, a buying opportunity? Sure. You know, well, what's the opportunity – what are the things you have to take a look at when you start to withdraw your dollars? So here's sort of an example. If you it, it go, This goes way back in time just to sort of play out the example so everybody can sort of picture it in their mind's eye. If you take someone with a million dollars invested in, in the market, being the S&P 500, let's say January 1st of 1973, and you're going to withdraw $100,000 a year, which is a 10% withdrawal, huge, okay? And, and we're over-exaggerating this because I, I don't recommend a 10% withdrawal. I, I, I would recommend, you know, 4, 4% four or somewhere in that ballpark. So so when you're taking a look at a $100,000 a year withdrawal plus adjusting, adjusting that for inflation, if you started that in January 1st, 1973, you would run out of money in nine years versus somebody who had the same million dollars and took out the same $100,000, but they started the withdrawals in 1982. By the end of of 2017, they would have $5 million left over. Holy moly. In other words, the money lasted 36 years, and it grew five times. Well, we need to know how to do that. That's correct, and, and a lot of that is timing, mm-hmm. okay? It's timing. We need to pay attention to the timing you know, just because you're ready to retire doesn't mean the markets and the economy are on pace with what your time frame and goals and objectives are. Case in point: pretend you're getting ready. You know, you're you're getting ready to 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 to, to merge onto a highway. So so you need to pay attention to a, to a handful of things when you're merging, right? Mm-hmm. One one thing is, you know, what what's the the how curvy is is the uh, the ramp that you're you're getting mm-hmm. on? Some of them wind around, right? What's the speed limit on the merge ramp? Okay, how long is the merge lane once it butts up against the highway? How much time do you have before your merge lane runs out of space, runs out of road? What's the traffic? What's the speed on the highway as compared to your speed as you're merging on? All those things happen instantly, right? But you're merging, you're changing your pattern, you're changing your path. The same thing comes true when it comes to retirement planning, when you're planning your income distribution stage in your retirement life, okay? Stop and think about this stuff. You're, you're, you're sitting there, you're, you're, you're grow, grow, growing your money, right? And then all of a sudden, now you've got to say, well, now I need to get some income and growth at the same time. Same is true for those first few years in retirement. Here's here's what you need to look at. You need the closer you are to needing your income, the more conservative you need to be. So as you're merging towards that retirement's that that retirement year, you know, let's suppose you're you're, you're sixty and you say, hey, you know what, I want to I want to retire when I'm sixty four. You know, that's four years away. Are your investments positioned to do that? Are you going to put your money into what we call a quiet pool? a lot of people like that type of an investment strategy where you will you will place one to three years of income in a quiet pool that can't get hurt by the stock market or has very little exposure to the stock market. And then what's going to drive the performance? What's going to drive the cash in your in your investments during this period of time? Interest, dividends, options for generating cash, possibly annuities. So lots of these these different strategies and product types are going to drive that in in there for you but my point is when you go back in time and you take a look at at the mutual funds or the stocks or whatever it is that says hey this is what it's done in the past you know past performance is no indication of future results at all and a lot of this comes down to timing what is the what does the economy look like when you're getting ready to retire out? And that's the big scenario right there. Imagine retiring in two thousand and seven. Everything's great. And all of a sudden two thousand and eight and nine hit and you're going, Uh oh, right? So stop and think about that. That's that's what the important thing is right there, Chris. Gotcha. Gotcha. When it, when it comes to it all. So, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're going to have a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment with more of Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money
1: Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and
3: interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Tarot at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller... Your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan-first pre-approved certificate. 571-490-7117. Or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan-first certificate. Call Troy Tarrou at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Tarrou and McLean Mortgage Corporation's NMLS number 5618 and
4: 99665. For more information about how Larry and his team can help you, go to LarryRosenthal.com. You are listening to
2: the Larry Rosenthal show. If you'd like to dial in, here's a phone number 855 767 3123. 855 Rose 123. You know, Larry, I was uh, just looking through some notes here and I I found that we kind of have a shout out for a senior here who is, uh, gosh, 112 years old, World War II vet who uh, lives in Austin, Texas. You know, that's awesome. Happy birthday. 112 years old. Can you imagine that? That's amazing. I think that's probably one of the older folks that we have in our country. And talk about outliving your money. That's one thing you want to plan for if you're going to live to 112, right? Sign me up.
3: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, that's good. Good good deal. Hey, so CDs are in the news. Okay. Certificates of deposit or certificates of depreciation. How do you want to look at it, right? (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about CDs at the banks. We're seeing lots of signs in the windows. Hey, rates are moving up, things of that, which is great. Everybody wants bank deposits to be higher right but along with that comes inflation which equals purchasing power risk so let me talk about this and break this down when is the best time to buy a cd you know first of all a cd is is a time deposit in the bank you you give the bank a certain amount of money and they say hey if you keep the money here we're going to pay you x x amount of interest until that date is over, and then you can renew it or you can take the money out or do whatever you want. Now, some CDs come with penalties if you pull the money out. Others have no penalty withdrawals and, and different things like that. But let's talk about the purpose of the CD. It's, it's basically, hey, uh, it, it's a quiet place that we want to keep our money where there's no risk at all to market forces. But there is a, an economic risk to a CD, and that is purchasing power. When you invest money, when when we invest money, when all of us invest money, we have to subtract out three things before we net our real dollar to purchase things with, and that is our gross rate of return minus taxes, inflation, and fees. Those are the three things that you have to have to pull out, you know, to spend your money on in the grocery store, Chris. So you can go do your Fourth of July barbecue, right? And at the end of the day, here when when a CD is sitting in the bank, and interest rates are going up. The reason interest rates rise is because there's inflation happening in the system. When inflation happens, we lose our purchasing power. So my point is that the longer money stays in a bank-type product, passbook savings, CD, money market, things like that, the greater the risk is that it's not going to keep pace with inflation, let alone taxes when you add that on top of it as well. So as as interest rates are slowly creeping up, if you go to the to the to the bank today and you buy a CD, I'll just make up some rates here. Let's say at one and a half percent for a year. Maybe three months from now, you might be able to get a CD at one point three five percent, one point seven five percent. Excuse me, because interest rates have moved up. So the time to buy a CD is not when rates are going up. It's when rates start to come down, because then you can lock in. In other words, when the economy is expanding, interest rates rise. When the economy stalls or slows down, interest rates contract. So let's just fast forward the calendar here, maybe one, two, three, five, eight years. Nobody knows. But at some point in the future... Interest rates would have peaked. Let's suppose interest rates get up to, I don't know, make up a number, say 4%, and then all of a sudden the economy starts to contract and slow down. Then the Fed is going to start to lower interest rates, and now you start to see interest rates go from 4 to 3.75 to 3.5. That's the time when you want to lock your money into a CD because now you're locked in, and you can lock in for a long period of time and a much, much higher rate as interest rates continue to drop, and that will enable you to to maintain a little bit uh, more power in your purchasing power of, of of products so so that's really the time that you want to look to buy a CD today, if we want money in the banks and you are purchasing CDs, just make sure that you're doing it with what we call a laddering process where you're 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 putting money in, and every three months or every six months, a chunk of money comes due or becomes liquid or available to you so that you can put money into a new CD offering so that you can take advantage of the slow creeping up, the slow rising of interest rates. That's the way that we manage purchasing CDs today. But the ultimate time when you want to really lock into a long-term one is when rates peak and the economy starts to slow down. So you say, well, hey, how do I know when rates are going to peak, right? Well, nobody knows when, but it will happen. And that's when you really have to sort of pay attention to what's happening in the economy. When you start to see the economy slow down and the Fed starts to say, you know, we we, we may lower rates in the future, or something like that. So now and,
2: is not the time, really.
3: Now is not the time to purchase long-term CDs. Mm-hmm. You might want to purchase – Short little maturity CDs so that everything's com- so that th- money's coming due periodically every few months every several months or something like that, so you can lock in to, to you know, so your, your money will be available to get the next round of interest rate hikes. Um, but this doesn't sound like uh, CDs are, uh, in this particular time mm-hmm. and frame, not the
2: best investment in the world,
3: right? No, Chris, they're really not. You might want to put your money into what we would call a floating rate bank fund, which mm-hmm. is a mutual fund that goes up in value usually when when interest rates rise. And, and right now they're paying a little over 4.5%. They're completely liquid. And and um, so so they're on the other side of Bond Street, and and if you remember, you know, I mean, we've been doing this show for years and years and years through different interest rate cycles. Sometimes I say, hey, you need to be on this side of the Bond Street where when interest rates go. Down bond prices go up, and sometimes you need to be on the other side. And in this case, right now, in a rising interest rate cycle, your bond funds should probably be looking like what they call bank loan funds or floating rate senior funds, things like that. Those bond funds today are paying a little over four, four and a half percent interest in, in, in that ballpark, and at the same time, they traditionally go up in value. The pricing goes up in value when interest rates start to rise. Now, are these purchased the same way that you would purchase, like, a, a mutual fund? or Yeah, just a regular mutual fund. Exactly. It's just a regular mutual fund. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's, it, it, but, but the bonds inside of them are different types of bonds. They do well when the economy is expanding and interest rates are rising versus your long – you know, versus – uh, what we call long-duration bonds that, that do the opposite. Traditionally, everybody walks around and says, well, when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. And when interest rates go down, bond prices go up. That is correct for just a portion of the bond market. There's another portion of the bond market that acts opposite. They move up and down with interest rates. So since interest rates are rising now, that's the type of the bond market that you want to be in. They're called bank loans or floating rate bank loan funds is what they are. If you want to get information on it, feel free to give us a ring. I'm happy to send you out some information on them, Uh, 855-ROSE-123. You can also go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email, which in the coming weeks here we are going to be launching our our new website. Very excited about it. Lots of video, lots of content, lots of education material for you. We want to be a, a source of education for you as well. We're going to be rolling out our we're, – we're, we're done now with our, our, our new tax update seminars, and we're going to be rolling that out here in the fall, in September, so everything's on time, perfect with that. We're going to be talking about the, the charitable markets in the seminar, the Roth conversions, and the new tax code that uh, is affecting most people out there. Well, it's affecting everybody, Chris, because it's national, Right. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. So stay tuned. I know that I know it sounds like it's far away off, but you know September is not that far off. Time flies when you yep, have fun. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, we've got a couple more summer months, which is which is great. So yeah. good, good, good to see all that coming up. So, uh, but we're excited about that. So if you want to get on get on our our, our list uh, ahead of time, then um, uh, feel feel free to uh, give us a ring eight five five rose one two three, or simply go to my website LarryRosenthal.com. dot com be happy to uh, uh, put you on this on the upcoming seminar list we 're going to be doing some seminars all throughout the uh, metro area uh, over in the Baltimore area uh, Maryland Virginia you know all, all around the area too so stay tuned for all of that so give us a call this morning at, on the show here if you have any questions at all hey let 's give you some open mic topics. give us a call on anything that 's on your mind Roth conversions estate planning do's and don'ts of how I should or shouldn't be putting money into my 401k plans give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 that's 855-767-3123 I'm Larry Rosenthal we'll be back in a moment with more of your
1: making money sense you are listening to making money sense live with Larry Rosenthal phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123 That's 855-767-3123. More making money sense in a moment.
4: Have you ever wanted to be part of something big?
5: Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa.
4: Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life?
5: Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise.
4: Now you can be part of something that brings hope.
5: What we do is we actually... Pay for, the school fees.
4: for about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year.
5: We pay for the school fees, and that averages around 500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing.
4: Call now, 703-201-2494. Or go to starschildrenafrica.org.
5: For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school.
4: 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494.
2: This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, and if you'd like to dial in, here's a phone number for you, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio, Larry Rosenthal. We'd love to have your call. There are some lines available for you here this morning. Hey, Larry, I was going to just tell you, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, when when you get older and you want to retire, and bless you, by the way. Um, Sorry. That's okay. okay. When you want to retire and you're thinking about those things that you always wanted, right? When you retire, you can get something. Well, I was interested to find out that today, in 1953, the very first Corvette was built. So I'm sure that's on someone's Little punch list to have when they get a little bit older. Have you seen that car? It's a
3: nice. I car. have not seen that car. Are they in a, are they rebuilding it or what they, are they still, doing? Well,
2: they're not doing a new one, but it was built for the first time in 1953. They look a little bit like sharks. Their front of them are a little different. They got a little more sleek as time
3: went on. But I don't know. I know you're a Mustang fan yourself. You like I to, am. I well, we have, yeah. I, I like old Mustangs. I think they're neat looking, you know. <laughs> they are cool. But so are Corvettes. I mean, there's all kinds of old cars, you know, and you see them on the road, too. I was I was actually out in uh, Shenandoah uh the other day and um we were on this we were uh on this road yeah. and it was like one house after another. They all had these old trucks, old vintage trucks. Oh, cool. And it was really neat. Yeah, it was really, really neat. I love yeah. the old F-150s, the 50 versions. Those are beautiful cars,
2: Be- beautiful vehicles.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I know some friends of mine that collect old cars and stuff, and yeah. and it's kind of neat. You know, <laughs> all the different intricacies that you can have in a car, uh, kind of crazy. Then you get in and you drive one, and you're like, yep. It's an old one, but they're, they're, they're kind of neat, though. So. Yeah, so, uh, I know a lot of
2: folks, they'd like to go in and do a lot of engineering on them and kind of make them modern on the inside when they can. And that's why a lot of these dealers are seeing the writing on the wall. A lot of folks are retiring, so they're bringing back these vintage models with new and modern equipment in them, it's and it's a wonderful idea. Yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. Hey, so let's, let's take a look here at Luke f- chapter 14, verse 28. Uh, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? Kind of a logical statement, right? Logical sentence. So why are people investing money? Because they want to make more money. When you go to invest money, you want to know what you're investing in, correct?
6: Oh, absolutely.
1: So,
3: so not all investments are the same, as we know. And I started on this I, – I was out of town last weekend, but I, I started on this subject a, a little bit uh, two weekends ago, and I and I wanted to finish it up today because it's important. And we, we just started it just with a few minutes left in, in the show, and I wanted to bring it back today to finish it up. There's a lot of ETFs out there. First of all, the, the mutual funds are one, one way to invest money, ETFs. UITs, ETNs, stocks, options, all different ways to go about investing money out there. And there's a a new breed of ETFs out there called Smart Beta. What is this? What is Smart Beta versus a regular ETF? Well, let's just break this down a little bit. Fundamentally, okay, and and here's sort of the the key point of it all. Fundamentally, an ETF is going to track the market or the index. So let's just take the most popular ones out there, which is the S&P 500, okay? So the S&P 500 has 500 stocks in it, right? And are they equally weighted, or are they market cap weighted? Most of them are market cap weighted. In other words, your bigger companies get more of the money than the smaller companies, okay? I I did not know that. Yes. So so you can look at the, the ETF breakout and go, well, is this market cap or is it equally weighted? So now what's happening is there's a lot of ETFs that are coming out there that, that are what they call smart beta or factor-based funds. So when you break down the difference between equally weighted or market cap weighted, now you can say, okay, let's take a look at the, the – the pool of the 500 funds in the 500 stocks excuse me in the S&P 500. And let's do this ETF offering as a factor based offering and say this one's going to point more towards dividends. So now inside the ETF the majority of the money goes into stocks that are paying higher dividends than those that are paying lower dividends. So you might have an un un you will have an unbalanced bias towards your stocks that are paying higher dividends versus lower dividends. And then that ETF is going to go out there and it's going to market, hey, look at our dividend yield. You know, the s and is at 2.1. We're at 3.4 or whatever it may be. But when you're doing that, you're giving up some of the growth of the overall market. You may take a look at another offering that says, hey, this is a, a smart beta ETF. And and the factor that we're biased towards is low volatility. So they may take a look at the – of the 500 different stocks that make up the S&P 500, they may purchase most of the money towards the stocks that have the lowest, what they call standard deviation, or the lowest volatility of their price movement. So when you're starting to take a look at all of these different investments coming out at us – and they're getting confusing and more and more all the time. You really need to break down and take a look at what is the goal? How is this thing positioned? Because we are definitely at the point now where not all ETFs are acting the same, even though they're investing in the same places, the same stuff. You might have have one that has a factor base towards value. And and by the way, don't get me wrong. This is not bad. Okay but it's bad if you're buying it thinking it's going to be doing one thing when in fact it's not it's going to be doing something else you may have one that's that's biased towards value versus one that's biased towards growth guess what growth has been substantially outpacing value over the last several months so when you break it all down know what you own understand what you own because it's important. I've said for years, I have said for years on television and on, on, on radio and in print and in my seminars and to clients, never buy a mutual fund based off of the name of the mutual fund. Same with ETFs. Never buy a, an ETF based off of the name of it. We have to really rip this thing apart. Keep in mind that in the prospectus, it's it's important to to read because right there it will tell you what it's designed to do. Now you might need a little interpretation, but but uh, it, it it's there. And and sit with your advisor, call the ETF provider, say, hey, what is this? What is the factor that this thing's leaning towards? How important are trends when you're thinking about buying a mutual fund too? Yeah, you know, just making sure you understand where things are possibly going or more likely to go. Absolutely, Wayne Gretzky. The Gretzi uh, the the great one said, Well, I skate to where the puck's gonna be, you know. That's where you gotta go. You know, you take a look at the economy, you know, what stage of this business cycle are we in, Chris? Are we in the beginning stages of this cycle? You know, are we in the middle, or are we towards the end? Some people say, Hey, you know what, we're in the we're in the sixth or seventh inning of this of this bull market expansion that started in two thousand and nine. Some people say we're in the ninth inning. Some people say we're in the seventh inning, but it's a double header. We got a so long way to you go. There you go you gotta you've really gotta take a good look at it all and understand the economy and what's moving and things like that you know and and still, at the end you know at the beginning of the show, I was talking about pay attention to the to the meat and the potatoes and not so much the peas and the carrots mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day when when the Fed walks in the room, that's who you pay attention to as uh, well, okay. so you know so so again, you know. There's nothing wrong with these factor-based ETFs or the, or the, what they call smart beta ETFs, but you have to understand what they're investing in to make sure that it goes towards your investment strategy. How does it fit in there? You know, it's very interesting. When you take a look at the S&P 500 today, and, and here's a case in point on, on this, and this is why you need to break down and understand your investments. When you look at the S&P 500 today, what's been really driving the overall performance of it is technology stocks. Technology stocks are are really doing well right now, and they've done well historically in rising interest rate environments. So what happens if technology were to pull back? A, and then all of a sudden your your ETF or your S&P ETF starts to drop substantially, well, there are some other ETFs that have what, what they call multi-sector leveling to them, where no matter what happens in the marketplace, it's going to rebalance so that the different sectors of the S&P 500, you know, utilities, real estate, uh, industrials, financials, You know, technology, they all stay close to the same percentage of the overall makeup of the ETF offering. So very interesting. And people are really splitting hairs on all of this. But it's very interesting from a diversification standpoint. And remember, when you add a new asset class to your investments, just by definition, you're reducing risk. So it's important to understand, you know, you don't want to make you, you want to make sure that behind the scenes not all of your stuff is invested in the same place. Basically is is my point. If you want information on smart beta ETFs, how they work, again, go to my website larryrosenthal.com, be happy to shoot you out some information on all of that. We've had some callers call in here this morning. Uh, they didn't want to get on the air, but they wanted some information. be happy to, to, to send that out to you as well. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. And, again, you know, what, what, what's, what's funny, too, about the, the smart beta or the factor-based ETFs is they're just trying to figure out how to, how to wring a little bit more water out of the sponge. They want to squeeze a little bit more juice out of that sponge because they just want to try and beat the market indices that, that they're going against, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But, again, understand how they play into your portfolio mixture of things. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. We'll be back in a moment.
1: You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing
3: prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Tarot at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller. Your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan-first pre-approved certificate. 571-490-7117. Or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan-first certificate. Call Troy Tarrou at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Tarrou and McLean Mortgage Corporation's NMLS number 5618
2: and 99665.
4: You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show.
2: Listening to the Larry Rosenthal show. And if you'd like to dial in, we have a few minutes left here at 855 767 3123. 855 Rose 123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal. Larry.
3: Sure, Chris. So I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and he asked me, he said, good buddy of mine, and he said, you know, I get confused over what is the market? What is the market? Yeah, and I said, what do you mean, what is the market? you mean the grocery store market what are you (laughs) talking about you know (laughs) he said no what is is the market you know i i see the the dow i see the the nas you know he actually said well what is nasdaq i don't understand what is nasdaq and i said oh so so i started explaining to him as we're driving along i thought you know that that's interesting I'm, i'm gonna bring this out and 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 talk about it here saturday and and uh because it, it, my, my, I was talking to my mom once, and she was like, you know, I don't understand all this stuff. And I think a lot of people don't understand it when you say, hey, what'd the market do today? What are you talking about? You know, when, when, when somebody says, what'd the market do, what are you talking about? The S&P, the NASDAQ, the Russell, the Dow? Well, we sold a lot of eggs today. I mean, you know. Exactly. So you're talking about the Dow Jones, which, is, which tracks just 30 stocks, okay, a, across a variety of business sectors. Um, it's sort of the most, you know, quote-unquote prestigious one, but it only tracks 30 stocks. When you look at the S&P 500, guess how many stocks it tracks, Chris? 500. Right. <laughs> so which one of those two give you a better indication of what's happening in the overall market? Well, I would think 500. 500 gives you a much more better, uh, a much more better, <laughs> a, a a superior representation of the market, right? Yeah. Now you can break it down, too, and you can go, well, what about the S&P 600 or the S&P 400, Nasdaq represents more than 2,500 stocks. Okay, mainly in technology companies of all sizes, small, medium, and large. Okay. Yeah, but buying the index, I know it's I know it's a strategy, but it's also a painful
2: thing because you don't know some of these companies do better than other companies, and it just averages out, right, for the
3: index. That's the purpose of it. Yep. If you want to buy an index, you know, it's a passive investment and and that's fine. I was, I was this past week, I was, I was out of town with a a bunch of financial advisors at this conference place and, and, um, uh, what one, one person was asking me about the makeup of, of my investments that I have with our clients. And I was explaining to him what sort of what you were just talking about was we have passive and active investment going on, you know, a passive investment is buying an index it's less expensive it's 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 going to buy the whole index like if you wanted to buy the nasdaq you would buy that you would say hey look you know we're going to get the 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 uh uh, the the whole tech sector well not the whole but a good portion of the tech sector all in one purchase and it's going to be less expensive but as it goes up and down that's what happens whereas an actively managed mutual fund might buy the tech sector, but it might buy some different stocks than what's in the overall index, or it might weight certain stocks differently. And when the markets go up, it can shift around a little bit. When the markets go down, it can shift around a little bit. So there's a difference between active and passive investing. You know, last year, um, um, act, active investing, you know, man, managed accounts did, did a little bit better than, than passive. But it trades back and forth from time to time and each year in different sectors so there 's nothing wrong with having indexes or not having indexes. It just depends on what the makeup is of the person investing it. I personally believe in both i I, I like both you know and then you 've got again the Russell Two thousand Index, which was tracks the two thousand smallest companies okay and and uh, and, and then the Russell three thousand index so there 's lots of different indices, but then you have Chris. The Wilshire 5,000, which is the total market index. Wow, you got to be a chef to understand all these ingredients. Yes, maternians. exactly, exactly. That's my point. And oh, people wow. get all caught up in trying to match their investments up with the markets and, and yada, 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 and all this stuff. And, and, and I keep telling people, you're not in competition with the stock market, and you're not in competition with your neighbor. What you're in competition with is your financial plan. I want a chartreuse minibus with mag wheels. That's kind of how you (laughs) do it. Right. There you go. Exactly. So uh, let's welcome Jada on the line. Good morning, Jada. How are you?
6: Good morning. I've listened to your show for quite some time, and I really do appreciate it. So I just want to give you a blessing for all the good that you do and the people that work with you and your company. And may God richly bless you in all the ways you need it most. And thank you so much, Larry.
3: Well, I appreciate that, Jada. God bless you, too. And, and I appreciate you listening to, to the show. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July weekend or week coming up. It's in the middle of the thank week this week. Yep. Well, thank yeah. you very kindly for that thank for that you. phone thank call.
5: Thank
3: you. Uh huh. You have a good day. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, think about that, Chris. There you go. 4th of July, right? It's coming up. Coming up. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, just think week. about that. You know what? When is it? Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Yeah, right in the middle of the week. So I, I think it's going to be a nice, slow week. <laughs> Exciting stuff yeah. <laughs> for everyone. So we'll have to we'll have to see. So yeah. So anyway, th- th- that's sort of the breakdown of the, of the different indices when when it comes to it all. And at the end of the day. Yes, you want to you wanna gauge how you're doing against them, but that's not your real com- competition, okay? Your real competition is what you face day in and day out, and that is how are you pacing towards your financial plan. That's the real goal of everything right there. Uh, so, um, but anyway, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We've got a couple minutes left in the show, 855-767-3123. One of the overlooked areas as well when it comes to – Financial planning, investment strategies, and stuff like that is is ultimately the tax impact of investments when they go to non-spousal beneficiaries. This is a a, a big big issue. It becomes a bigger issue year in and year out, and and not only on IRA money but on Roth money, on non-IRA type money, on real estate, on life insurance. <clears throat> On annuities, all types of investment products or assets have a sort of what you call a a tax avenue that they have to flow through in order to go to heirs or charities, for that matter. And so what's – this is one of the – it becomes very daunting and complicated for a lot of people because they don't understand how to break this down, and it's very – it's not as challenging – and confusing as you think. Just stop for a moment and and, and ask yourself, okay, if if this thing's going to transfer to a spouse, there's one set of rules that it needs to follow. If it's going to transfer to a non-spousal beneficiary, there's sort of a different set of rules usually that takes place. And then if it's going to transfer to a charity, there's a third set of rules that could could come into play i'm surprised you're not
2: cross-eyed i mean i'm really with all the stuff that you have to read and all the rest of that it's amazing that you understand all this
3: stuff well you know the tax code uh, you have to stay on top of it and the tax code chris explains how they're going to take money from us but the last third of it explains how you can legally minimize the impact of it that's all so you know uh, again when you're you're sitting down and you're in competition with your financial plan and people are comparing you know how are you doing against the markets against your friend who says oh i got five percent well hey i got seven percent and blah 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 right still your financial plan is going to carry you through past what the markets are doing what your investments are doing but they're going to carry you into a tax efficient scenario that's going to enable you to live uh during your retirement years in, in a tax efficient manner but at the same time it will also enable you to pass assets on to your heirs and charities in a very tax efficient manner. Keep focus on that because the most important, the most expensive thing inside any investment are taxes. Stop and think about it when you pull that when you pull that money out. So the key point there, Chris, is you know, make sure that you're looking at planning from a net perspective, financial planning from a net perspective after taxes, after inflation, after fees. Those are the dollars that you get to take to the grocery store. Those are the dollars you get to spend on the barbecue this week, Chris, yeah. uh, with with everything. Yep, definitely. So, hey, I've got music in my ears here. It means we've just got a few seconds left in the show. When we uh, get off the air, this 800 number, 855-ROSE-123, becomes our, our uh, 800 number in our office. If you have questions during the week, feel free to give us a call. We send a lot of information out during the week. To people So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. Happy Fourth of July. Happy birthday, America. God bless and have a good, safe one. We'll be back next Saturday with another session. of The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.